Welcome to this episode of Flint CXO Bytes. Really glad you could join us. Flint's the Future Leaders Program for the Tech Users Association of New Zealand, or two ends. And I'm Craig Young, the CEO. This is a show where we talk informally with a well-known influential leader about their leadership journey and ask some questions about leading in these disruptive and transformative times. I really hope you enjoy today's episode, so let's get on with it. And good morning, everybody. It's great to have you here. Um, this is our sixth CXO Bytes, and we're really excited to have Lillian today. Um, we're going to take a break after this one for a week or two, just um, because, you know, we know it's been incredibly busy. We're in level three at the moment, and we're heading, hopefully, to level two in a week or two. Lillian and I were just talking about it'd be nice if this was a real cafe, and we were actually sitting in it talking over a cup of coffee, which many of us haven't been able to do for many weeks. It'd be nice to be able to actually sit down and talk to somebody different than has been in your bubble. Um, I'm going to come back at the end of the session today we'll talk about other things we're doing. We are recording today as we have with the previous sessions and it'll be up on our YouTube channel. So um, kia ora Lillian, um, welcome to this morning. Craig. Thank you. It is actually, I almost feel like I am in a cafe. It's quite nice seeing you, seeing your face. <laughs> Sorry, I can't give you a glass of wine or a, or a coffee, although um, it is 11 o'clock. Can you drink after 11? I suppose you can. <laughs> yes, you can. What, stay, what happens in lockdown stays in lockdown, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, we've started each one of these sessions talking to people about their home setup, but I know you because we had you on our uh, working from home se seminar like a week and a half ago, yeah. um, and you talked about the fact you've worked remotely for quite a while. So do you just want to talk for a minute about you know, how you work remotely. Um, yeah, do you mean like in terms of the behaviours or the physical setup? Or uh, physical. Know? Let's talk about the physical things to start with, yeah. Oh, physical setups are a little bit different than normal because usually um, when there's more freedom to come and go from home and work at a cafe or whatever, my husband and I share an office or sort of a kitchen table. Um, within about 10 days of lockdown, we realised that was not going to work <laughs> all times. So I'm actually just going to take my laptop and show you what I currently use as my desk, which is an ironing board. <laughs> like, seriously, and I have like a nice little thing with a diffuser and a water bottle and stuff. So I feel something. But I've been using this ironing board um, up in a quiet room the whole time now, ever since we realised that we needed a different space. And it works amazingly. I lift it up to do calls like this um, and put it down to work on. So, yeah, but, but it's very, very different. And the thing I keep saying to people is that working remotely is very different from working in lockdown. Working remotely means that I can just go and perch somewhere and, um, and travel around. And so this is very, very different. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose your ironing board is like a um, very cheap standing desk. And it is. Yeah, it is, right. and because of the little grooves in it, it's really good for cord control, like the little cord pops through, and it's, yeah, it's great. There, everybody, you heard it here. That's a tip from, from Lillian and all what you could do for table. It's actually um, the most popular tweet I've ever tweeted was when I tweeted a picture of my, um, yeah. my ironing board desk at the start of lockdown. 
Hey, look, I know it's, it wasn't one of the questions I was thinking about, but can we come back to this working in lockdown is quite different from working remotely? Because um, a couple of days ago, uh, that was mentioned to me as well. My wife, who's a counsellor, was doing some supervision and they talked about the difference. You know, this is quite a different scenario. So do you want to just talk about how you found it to be um, different and what does it mean? Yes, I think it is completely different. And I, whilst I've had times of being productive, I've had enormous amount of time being unproductive because you just feel trapped. I think we're, I think our brains, our part of our brain is, regardless of how lucky we are personally um, in our homes and, and safe and such, part of our brain is aware that our world is in a crisis yeah. and that other people are going through enormous hardship. And that, like I had a really bad headache for the first couple of weeks, which I just don't get. And I just, I don't have any personal reason for that, but I was just thinking, actually, I think it's just the situation that we're in. So already we're in this strained environment. And then knowing that there's like children in your house that you're trying to educate or that you're monitoring where you normally don't have to do that, that's not usually what it's like at all. And, um, and so I found it to be hard and I usually love working from home. Um, but now that I have a very designated space, I find it really constraining because I usually move around the house quite a bit and, and then go, oh, I'm just going to get on a bus and go to the city and work for a cafe and get some lunch and, and go for a walk in between that. And so it just, I think mentally, it's yeah. very, very much harder. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it has been quite different, hasn't it? Yeah. 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 Hey, look, well, let's talk about leadership because that's what this is about. You're the okay. CEO and founder of Figure Group. I need to keep making sure I don't say figure NZ, figure group. Sorry, well, it's founder of figure NZ still. Yeah, that's true. But it's not in your bio, but I did know, and I did check on your LinkedIn, you know, you were a PE teacher to start that's with. So true. do you want to tell us, you know, in a few minutes, your journey from being a PE teacher to now being a founder of a social enterprise? Yes. Um, so uh, I became a PE teacher, a high school PE teacher, because it was the best job that I knew existed growing up. I grew up in a small town in Waipukuro in central Hawke's Bay. And, um, and so it's like, that seems like a great job. It was either that or the freezing works. And um, genuinely, like I was yeah. labeled the two things. I was like, oh, aye, yep, that actually seems awesome. And so um, decided that I was the first of my family to go to university and, and to become a PE teacher. And not, I'm not going to give you that much detail for every year of my life, but kind of fast forwarding through that. Um, as I met people, like I met someone who was the CEO of Massive Software. There's a few different Massives. This was the artificial intelligence-based 3D animation software used for visual effects in movies that came out of Lord of the Rings. And the CEO, who was from America, and she said to me, I really like the way you think, will you come and work for me? And I just remember thinking, I'm standing in front of these children every day saying, reach for the stars, take opportunities, I have to do that too. And that was my first step. And what was really important about that step is that I had spent five years um, training before. I'd done four years of a Bachelor of Physical Education, which had nothing to do with that teaching, but all about your body and stuff, and then one year of teaching diploma. And um, an enormous amount of people said to me, oh, don't you feel like you've wasted all your time? You know, you've seen all that and you've only been a teacher for a year. I was teaching at Kaipara College in Helensville. And it just suddenly made me realise, oh, people think it's more important to be wed to an idea you had when you were 17 
then to be brave enough to evolve and so I've actually learned new information along the way and so now I'm going to make a different decision and it was a really fascinating little experience for me which as soon as I realized that for me it was more important to take new information and make new decisions um, that really set me on a whole different life path and so from there I spent seven years at Massive Software, started as the exec assistant, ended up helping to run the company. We won an Academy Award for the technology. And so I got used to tech and startups and our customers were all in LA and we lived there for you know, some periods of time. And then um, went and became really interested as my whole world was ex expanding and my thinking was changing and being exposed to more and more information. I became really interested in our country and the settings that we have that mean that we get the outcomes we have. Mm, yep. And um, so I went to work at a think tank called the New Zealand Institute. And so I went from massive, which was like, you feel like literally like hundreds of things you're juggling at once to having one question to answer in eight months and being able to ask the question yourself kind of thing. And it was amazing, but that's where I learned how to think about things and became a lot more aware of just different parts of our world and how to think about components of society and the economy and the environment and pieces and understanding the different um, stakeholders in our country and how they think. And it was um, through there that I saw data for the first time. And when I saw it, like I opened up StatsNZ and the OECD database, and it was just like, what? There are thousands of our stories hidden in these numbers, well, or not hidden, but in these numbers that most people can't understand. And so it was when I saw that and I realized most people don't have access to these stories, yet they're really valuable, regardless of what you are doing or what you care about, whether you're internationalizing a company or you want to start a dog growing business. It doesn't really, like anything that you care about can be enhanced. Your decisions can be made better if you have data as part of the input. And um, that was when I realized, actually, I want to make this something everyone can use so I can impact everything. And so that's what led me to starting Figure NZ. Um, I just want to come back to, there's a real nugget in there when you talked about uh, PE teacher and making the decision to change and go forward. Um, and recognizing that people or individuals, we're very good at looking at where we are now and you know in accounting terms because i am an accountant by profession we talk about sunk costs and how you know if you're going to make a decision you need to be looking forward make a decision based on that not what you've sunk into it for example because that's gone right that's yeah. done um that's always going to be there that's helped you get to this point but now you're looking at something else yes and that's actually really i like that you've added that phrase so yeah i'm um, familiar with that phrase and it, that's exactly what it is and it made me it's actually been something that's made me feel quite sad for a couple of decades now because um, it was 20 years ago that i became that i went to uni and didn't like to see so many people who are not like following what they actually care about because yep. they feel like they'll be letting someone down, whether it's them or others or it's all in their heads. It just seems that there's an enormous amount of people that don't feel like they have the license to say, oh, I have new information now. It's not that I was wrong. I wasn't exposed to other things growing up, and so, and which is fine, but I wasn't exposed to other things, so I couldn't have made a different decision. 
at that point. And especially if you think about now, none of us know what jobs are going to be around in five yeah. or 10 years. Yeah. And so my like, massive hope is that more and more people can feel, um, I don't know if it's brave or safe enough or whatever it is, that they can go, oh, actually, I can totally change my path. And that's not a failure. I didn't make the wrong decision. It's just that more information is coming to light. And that's, I think, one of the things that any, um, not just leader, but any person, like the more that you can accept that with every step you take, you see more, you get more information. And if you can hold that into your decision-making model, then you get like, the best outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, just uh, anybody on the call, if you remember, if you want to make a question or put in a question for Lillian, there's a Q&A button at the bottom and we can pass it on. Uh, we've asked this question of just about everybody, but on your leadership journey, you know, you talked, you just talked about making decisions and moving forward. Um, as a leader, have you got an example of a time? Oh, gosh, that sounds like an interview question, doesn't it? Um, you know, can you think of something where you perhaps didn't... Um, on reflection, you might have done things a little bit differently. Yeah, there's one time that enormously sticks out for me and I still reflect on what the right, right course was. And it's, um, there are, I can't give all of the details for, for a specific reason, but there was a relationship with a specific organisation that went really bad after it had been really good. And I felt that they were just interacting in a really toxic and undermining way. And my, the way that I reacted, responded to that, because it was so damaging and emotional, like when you're a founder mm -hmm. or something, and to have someone from an enormous organisation um, feel jealous and try and swish you out. Like it was just like, oh, this is hitting me on all levels. And so the... My response to that was to cease engaging because it had been too many kind of things. And um, I wonder, I still wonder if there were other ways I could have responded to that. Mm. And, um, and I think there were other ways. I think that there are now seeing some full circle stuff happening, which is making me go, oh, okay, I didn't totally screw things up with that. But it was, it was a really interesting experience for me. And it's, I think, partly because I have so much emotion like around, which is a good thing. This isn't like um, saying that's a bad thing. I, you know, you, if you're waking up every morning for seven and a half years, you want to have emotion about the thing you're waking up to do. Um, and so when you feel like people are being disingenuous with or actually attacking what you're doing, there's a few different responses and I just chose to disengage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's an interesting one. I still, I still reflect on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I can understand that. Um, have you got, um, so we're talking about uh, leadership and your leadership journey just now. Um, one of the things that, uh, I've, I've been looking at this week is just the different types of mentors that uh, people need or might be looking for during their journeys, you know, might be a coach, might be a, a networker um, hadn't really thought about that but have you got people who mentored influenced you on the way through that you um, you learned a lot from yes and I would like many like a hundred I would you know like so my my view of mentors and coaches and stuff is a little bit um, different than 
than others at times. So the way I see it is that, and this is how I feel about life as well. Um, it's interesting, I reflected on this, a friend of mine said to me, um, like 10 or years or so ago, she's like, Lil, you never actually ask what you, what, what you think you should do. And I was like, oh, don't I? And I was like, because I don't think that you have, you're not in the position to know what I should do about anything. Because we, wherever we are in our lives or as a leader of an organisation, we're the only ones that can see 360 degrees of all of the facets. So to me, that means um, that you need to, for every single facet, find an expert that can help you understand that better because you can't be an expert on all of it. Mm. And when you have something arise and you're like, oh, I don't know how to think about that, who can I talk to? And so I'll seek out that person with a very specific question. So I don't usually just go, can I meet for coffee and talk for an hour and get some generic advice. I'm like, I will go with a very specific, I'm trying to do this thing. Is this the right thing to do or how would you do it? And um, I find that to be really, really effective and that people are always very happy to help. Some of the, um, the most influential in terms of the big bricks or the big pieces for me have been my board, like I see the, the value of the board for me and my circumstances to help me be the best CEO. And so I've always selected people that are the right people for different parts of my journey. And whilst I'm, I'm still a trustee of Figure NZ, but I'm no longer the CEO. But when I selected um, Vic Crone, who's now the CEO of Callaghan and Stephen Allen Hall, who's now the CEO of Tourism New Zealand, um, the, the reason I selected them is because money freaked me out and I needed people that were used to hundreds of millions of dollars that could help me stop looking in the weeds and um, yeah and that so like things like that like I go oh I know this is a weakness of mine I need to find someone who can offer you or like care and support me in this area and um, and that works really really well but I, I think because there's someone who often you know, gets asked for advice as well. And I'm always happy to share and be helpful, but it's impossible to know the entirety of someone else's situation. And so um, I think taking the responsibility when you're the person in the middle of figuring out what is the question that you have, what is the area that you need advice, not just, this is everything I'm doing, yeah. what should I do next? It's like, that's, that's not the right approach in my view. Oh, no, look, I'd agree with it. I mean, I've done quite a bit of mentoring over the years and I would never uh, attempt to tell people what to do next. Yeah. Because that's not what mentoring's about. Um, you mentioned in there that um, about your board, but you've also, and you're not the CEO of Figure yeah. now. So you have over the years, you know, brought other people into the organisation that you have created. So you've got an emotional attachment. And now you've created, you put in a CEO. What are the sorts of things that you're looking for in a leader um, as people develop. And particularly, you know, if there's a, one of our Flint team members, you know, uh, are listening to this, you know, what are the sort of things they should be thinking about that someone like you is going to be looking for? Do you mean like when I think about how I promoted someone into the CEO role and how Not I... Need, could be anything, yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, for, for, like, it's not very helpful, but for, for me, it's all about my my sense of somebody <laughs> yeah. um, which and it's and I guess that partly is based 
on feeling their energy and their um, their passion and understanding of what we're doing and their their willingness to just keep moving, I guess. Mm. Like I, I think of Ngāpera Riley, who's now the CEO. When I, she actually started as my board member and, um, and then I was like, oh, actually, and she became my deputy CEO for a couple of years. And so it was a slow, it was a slow transition. Um, and I think that's really important when you're stepping, making a transition out of your organisation if you're a founder. Um, but what I wanted to see from her is just that, that not that she would like have skills in all of the areas and be great in all of the areas, but that she cared enough to develop skills if she needed them and to yeah. ask questions and not be afraid to say, I don't know how to do this. Because to me, that's so valuable is when people can say, I don't know how to do that or that scares me, then you know what you're dealing with. And that yeah. I actually find a really powerful leadership quality. It's when people feel like they have to put up this front and pretend to know yeah. that everything turns to custard. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Hey, look, there's a question that's come through and it's quite oh. broad. It's All quite right. broad. So Lillian, what are you most proud of as a leader? Yeah, thank you. I think it's was the transition handing figure NZ over to Ngāpera and stepping away from it, having zero contact and having the organisation keep going. And, oh, sorry, the zero contact was planned. There was no drama. Um, I wanted to give her the mana to create her space and not have me hanging on the edge. And it was not what I expected to be my most proud moment, but it was, um, it made me feel like I had not only created something and founded an organisation, and there are some positive feelings that go with that, but it had been really, really important for me from the start that it wasn't about me. And I have seen in organisations that, suffer from founderitis where the founder is unable to like remove themselves and the damage that that causes for everyone and I couldn't assume that I was immune from that so even the way I set up my board and the, the lack of power that I gave to myself at the start was all um, to do with that and so when I made the move on the 31st of July uh, last year and got this beautiful woven, um, it's not a quarter wire, so I actually don't know the, the full name for it, that Karina Nathan did. And we did a, a process of handing the Modi or the life essence of figuring Z to Ngāpera and I put that on and gave her a hongi and like that to me just felt like I had done good. Yeah. And and then I had a month of zero contact because I just really wanted the whole team and I needed a break, but I wanted everyone to um, re-establish the relationships and everything without me in the mix at all. I felt like that was really important. And then over you know the last however many months, it's been amazing to see things come out and just be like, wow, I made something that no longer needs me. And I would liken it to, I don't know, I have um, three stepdaughters now um but i imagine it's like when you send your your child off and then they actually don't need you and you're like this is the exact outcome i wanted but huh <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah and so 
there are lots of things like I think of um, like over the, the, the seven years or so, like I pulled $5 billion into FigureNZ and I hate sales and I, money is not my desired area of focus. But things like that I feel really proud of, but it was that realization that I've made something that didn't need me. Mm. Um, was, yeah, that's probably what gets me, gets me the most. All right, well, we're going to finish up with a last question, um, which is sort of personal, but not really. This is about, um, you know, we've been through this pandemic period, so five or six weeks physically isolated. Um, we've been doing a lot of video webinars, etc., cetera. Um, and we've all felt all sorts of different emotions during that time. Have you got any advice to people who would be listening into this on, you know, just how to keep going? Yeah, I do. I have thoughts. Um, I think that it's a it's such a time to be gentle with ourselves and just to acknowledge that we've never been through anything like this. And in living memory, no one's been anything through anything like this. And um, that sometimes it's okay not to keep going. Sometimes it's okay to just watch many episodes of West Wing and Beach. It's a great it's series. It's totally fine. Yeah. And I think, um, like with our daughter, Medicata, who is almost 12, um, like I've said to her, just like, it's totally fine to cry. It's totally fine to scream into your pillow, to say that you're angry this is happening, to say that you're upset about this, that it's hard, because it's all of those things. And I think that um, it's not a time to, you know, just be like, yep. Yeah. I've got this, I'm going to be productive every day, I can do everything I've ever wanted at home. It's not, it's not like that. And one of the things um, that I've been doing for quite a few months since leaving Figure NZ and I'm establishing a new company this time, not a charity, called Figure Group, and doing a lot of the foundational work and deep thinking on that. And it has been very interesting how hard it is to decouple the feeling of guilt from not doing like productive work like for the rest of the world it doesn't look like I've done anything and yet I've done so much internal work for my next phase and practical foundational work for the new business but there's a really interesting um, kind of point that you can get to where you where you start disconnecting what you um, think everyone else expects from you and actually realizing that you are you are in the center and you actually need to like listen to yourself and and feel your feelings and think your thoughts and um and not take on board everything that's coming at you like i would talk refer to it like from the inner to the outer rather than the outer to the inner sometimes from the inner to the outer it's just hard and you need to have a big cry that's totally fun well kia ora thank you lillian um Thank you, everybody, for joining in today. And those of you that uh, watch this later, we're having a week off next week, but we've got a couple of um, more set up. We've got Charlotte Walsh from Jade Software and Jolie Hodson from Spark lined up in the, uh, later in the month. Um, and if you haven't noticed, we've got uh, Tuesday week, we're doing a Flint mega quiz. So anybody and everybody can join in. Uh, honesty is the best policy when it comes to these things, but we're looking to have, you know, just a bit of fun one night. So um, thanks very much. And um, Lillian, once again, it's always such a pleasure to talk with you, um, whether you, it's Ray. like this or personally. So uh, thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. In person next time. Yeah. yeah. Let's get that coffee. Alrighty. Thank you. See ya. Kaki te o.
Thanks for being with us this week. You can keep an eye out for our next episode simply on our website, twoans.org.nz. You can join us live when we record the show, watch the video on the Two Ans YouTube channel, or simply wait for it to come out on this podcast. Thanks again, and we hope you join us next time.